Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up on this Tuesday, September the 14th. Caleb Johnson here with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, how you doing, man? I, w- I was doing a lot better until like five or ten minutes ago when we just learned about the sad passing of Norm McDonald. So that's yeah. really sad. We will try to push through on this uh, Batter Up podcast, but it'll be fine. We, I mean, there, we've got lots to talk about, lots of stuff happening in Braves world as always, but especially when there's only 20 games left in the season, you know, we're almost to the playoffs, only a few rotation turns left, so it'll be an interesting run-in. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're right that, you know, starting uh, off something and, and getting some, like, Bad news right before uh, SNL legend uh, Norm Macdonald. Kind of sad, um, but uh, to shift towards towards the Braves is that things are going well. Uh, like uh, I know we were kind of talking before we hopped on. I, it seems like you might feel a little bit differently about how things are going, but that game and a half lead over the Phillies in the division has jumped up to four and a half. Uh, and the Braves lost what two games since we last talked. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, it's hard to be upset with that. Although you kind of, I mean, we see the upcoming schedule and, and have to understand that, uh, it's no cakewalk to the end. Although, um, very winnable, very manageable games. Maybe once they get past this, um, um, these next couple series. Yeah, this I mean, especially this last series against Colorado, that's the end before you go back out to the West Coast, which the Braves just came back from, it seems like. It's yeah. kind of crazy how they have these two kind of back-to-back West Coast road swings um, right in a row at the end of the season. But, yeah, I mean, like, for me to kind of recap my feelings on the last week or, like, since they really since they came back from Colorado is that, you know, 
I just feel like the results are there, and I'm not, I'm definitely not complaining about the results. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Like to, if you can build on your on your lead on your division lead, that's always a good thing, regardless of how it happens. I guess I've just been more <laughs> a little bit annoyed at the way some of these games have gone. Just like as I'm watching the game, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, it's more back and forth games. The bullpen has been shakier. We're gonna talk about Richard Rodriguez here a little bit later. You know, it's just some of the there's been some more defensive errors. I feel like um, than what we've seen previously and so it's just been it's just been a little bit more stressful I guess to watch some of these games they haven't kind of been blowout wins they've been closer games which to be fair are the kinds of games that you need to win um you know those are the kinds of games that really prepare you for playoff baseball and some of the players have talked about that Jock Peterson talked about it after the one of the games that went back and forth Uh, I forget who it was against Uh, I think it was that one was against the um the Nationals the the Nationals Yeah, yeah 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 um but you know, those are the kinds of games you need to you need to be able to win when things don't always go your way because you're going to be playing against really good teams in the playoffs. So it's good that they won those games for sure, but it's just not been the kind of joy ride that we saw uh, the Braves have in that stretch where they were winning pretty much every night, pretty handily. Um, you know, before they went on that initial West Coast road trip. Well, I, I think you could probably uh, agree with this thought that we got spoiled. I honestly think definitely, yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, I, I think. To go from before the trade deadline, and I know uh, it, it feels like that is just the um, like this is that is the turning point of this brave season is the trade deadline. It is something that we have referenced so much and will continue to reference so much because it made such an impact to this team. But you head into the trade deadline on some woe is me. I don't even know if I want to bother mm-hmm. to hitting that stretch of games. And now it's, you know, it's, it's one of those, all right, now it's not so easy. Now this team is, is settling in and um, now we're starting to analyze managerial decisions and we're analyzing how guys are, you know, hitting in the lineup and we're analyzing how guys are pitching all, like all of these little things. And it, it sounds so silly to like say that out loud of like, well, of course <laughs> that's what you're doing. But I mean, there was definitely a point, there were two points where before I wasn't that, uh, what does it matter? Because the Braves aren't winning, you know, who cares? They can throw anybody out there. It is what it is. And then to turn around and and you start winning some games, it doesn't matter who they throw out there, you know, we're still Mm -hmm. winning. Uh, (laughs) And so I think now to kind of reach that, that middle point of, all right. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's going mm-hmm. to be difficult. You're you're really going to. It doesn't matter if it is the Nationals and the Marlins. Like you still have to go out there and try and put a lot of effort forward and try to to win these games. And uh, now it 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 it's not as fun. Uh, it's a little little more a little more stressful. Yeah, and you know it, things have changed in the way that this team is playing and winning. Um, you know during that stretch, it seemed like they were getting. Such good starting pitching every single night. Pretty much everybody, one through five, was giving them a chance to win these games. And, you know, it just has not been quite as reliable uh, as of late. You know, since Ian Anderson came back, it was good to see him have a really good start against the Marlins his last time out. Finally racked up a bunch of strikeouts, racked up nine strikeouts over five innings. But before that, he hadn't looked very good. And I think he he had said that it was his start before that was the worst start of his career. Um, So I think there were worries. Maybe they've been alleviated a little bit because of his last start, but there were worries with Ian Anderson coming back from his injury, his shoulder inflammation. Um, Tuki Toussaint has not been the same guy that we saw after, what, the first two or three starts that he made or three of his first 
three yeah. of, three of four uh, when he once he kind of re-entered the rotation. That's one to keep an eye on. We'll talk about more about that in a little bit. Um, so the rotation just has not quite been as kind of the steady eddy that it was before, and I think that that just you know that always throws a wrench into, into games when you get down big early. That's going that just cast a different kind of light over the game that you're watching obviously doesn't make it as comfortable but to be fair the Braves have gotten you know they've relied on the power when when the pitching hasn't been there they've had the bats come alive and um again it's like this week has just been further evidence of the amazing job that Alex Anthopoulos did at the trade deadline this week it's been mainly Eddie Rosario taking the headlines for the way that he's been able to kind of save the Braves butts here um and come through with some big hits including some big homers I mean, it's just crazy. All these guys have performed so incredibly well. You just have to – I feel like we say it every week, but you just have to tip your hat once again to Alex Anthopoulos. And I just, again, I'll just reiterate, I feel like these kinds of moves are really his specialty. Like, And to be fair, it's not like we've seen him make a big blockbuster trade yet <laughs> since yeah. he's been here. Yeah. So it's not like we can um, judge him really one way or another on that front. But you just when you see his track record since being with the Braves of finding these kinds of – utility pieces to plug in and the way that they've generally been able to fit right into this team um it's been incredible so uh hats off to them and um you know guys like adam duvall even you know adam duvall was a pickup that the braves made what in 2018 mm-hmm. um you know had a rough start to his his career but if you look back he's been on an absolute tear since 2019 because i think what people forget is in 2019 he spent most of the year in triple a that was when like he and austin riley were both mashing down there uh, I think uh, Duvall ended up hitting 42 homers that season when you combined his AAA and his major league numbers. Yeah. So I think he's hit like 93 homers or something since 2019 started, and that includes a, a what a 60 game season in 2020. So um, he's the NL leader in RBIs right now, and he is going to be one of the biggest run producers. End up being one of the biggest run producers for the Braves by the time the season's over with. So all, anyway, all this is to say is just Alex Anthopoulos has been incredible in finding these pieces. And this this week was just yet another week of that of evidence of that. Well, something that it just kind of popped in my brain right as you were starting that. And I had to scroll back just to look because I was curious. Uh, the Braves have not won a game where they scored less than five runs in a month. <laughs> wow like, that's you wanna, a great stat right there you want to you want to talk about it was the it was the baltimore series that they won a game three to one almost a month ago I mean, three weeks ago but uh you want to talk about offense being important to this team uh, that right there will let you know a that that starting pitching has not been what it was like you were mm-hmm. saying um i mean it, it, to the point of even this last series like max freed <laughs> shaky very shaky uh and those are the things that you know kind of you know we'll we'll have you a little stress there a little little sweat (laughs) coming out of the brow Mm -hmm. uh sorts of things when you know these are the guys you have to depend on you just paid a lot of money to charlie morton who then followed that up with not his greatest start which is Mm -hmm. like yay um (laughs) you know bray's still winning games and i i think that is what i still lean back on is it's the that's the more important thing Mm-hmm. Is that you know if if one side of the ball is not pulling their weight, at least the Braves are still managing to find ways to win these games. Uh, however, it is concerning as uh, the 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 fun shift goes from like, well, you know, I mean, they're just out there having fun, seeing what happens, uh, 
Um, you know, no Ronald Acuna, no Ozuna. And so it is what it is to know we're in serious playoff push time. Uh, and so it, it is nice to see that the offense is, is finally pulling some weight uh, in a way that I certainly would not have expected. Um, something, a, a name that I just mentioned and more has come of that. I know it's away from the game, but it is something that you and I wanted to talk about is Marcel Ozuna uh, and the fact of there was more in his legal case that took place this week. Um, it was just a couple of days after we recorded last week that he's going to be entering into a diversion program, I believe is what it's called, um, that's essentially going to delete, it's going to lead to the dismissal of his case. Uh, his domestic violence case with his wife, you know, we, we've heard it so many times, um, everything that went on, the body cam footage that was allegedly available, that obviously wasn't what it was, uh, because, you know, things have obviously led down this road. Uh, but Joe, the Braves are going to have a decision sooner rather than later on what they're going to do with Marcelo Zuna. And, I mean, what what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I, so right now he's still on administrative league uh, leave, and he's still kind of under the Major League Baseball's um, investigation into everything. So the Braves still can't say anything about what's going on. Yeah. Um. You know, Marcelo. So the felony charges that he was facing facing that I'm sure everybody has re- ingrained in their heads that um the really be- brutal uh you know aggravated assault strangulation charge that was dropped in August yeah. uh, and they were replaced with two misdemeanor charges uh, of uh family violence battery and simple assault and now both of those will also be dropped as as long as he completes this diversion program that he's in that's 6 months and he could actually complete it in 3 months uh if he just like chooses to do it ahead of time which i assume that he will um it's a tough situation to really kind of break down um because it's just a it's a troubled family situation that he's been in. You know, his wife was a, was arrested for domestic violence a year prior to this happening. Yeah. Uh, and I when the case happened, he said that he like people would find out what actually happened. And uh, in his affidavit, he he said that you know she had threatened him and uh, all that. So anyway, it's a much more complicated situation than was first than was kind of first made known to us and and the public in general. Um, I think the Braves are in an interesting situation here where, you know, I, I don't I hate when I talk about this. You you sound like it sounds crass to say, like, well, the charges being dropped means that he can um, have trade value or could be part of the team again. But um, I do think that I don't I don't think he'll be part of the team again. I think that the just the optics of it are still not suitable for the Braves. And I think mm-hmm. that um, it's just. I don't think it's possible for him to reintegrate within the team, but I do think that the charges being dropped makes a trade palatable for somebody else. And you're still not going to get 100% value. You're probably still going to get 20 cents on the dollar because every team can say, well, look at the, you know, they can, they can point to exactly this situation um, as, you know, something that they're going to have to deal with that the Braves are trying to offload. Um, But I do think that these charges being dropped means that, he will potentially be tradable. The, the 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 tough thing with this situation, in terms of just the Braves and the transaction, is that uh, you know he's still on a pretty hefty contract. He still has a long ways to go on it. So you're going to need to find a team that can really absorb that. Uh, and that that's not easier said than done. You know, teams are either rebuilding or or trying to 
um, you know, push for the playoffs or, or make themselves a winner. And so you kind of have to f- find the right team. I don't know exactly who that team is right now, but it's an interesting situation. And I got to say one more thing about this that was interesting to me, wh- which was that Alex Anthopoulos was asked about the Marcelo Zuna situation at the trade deadline when he did his press conference with local reporters. Um, and it was interesting to me that he was so forthright in saying that, yeah, we will have something to say about this. I, he, he basically said, like, I want to talk about it, but I can't. Um, mm-hmm. And he, so he was like, trust me, we will definitely have something to say, uh, but we just can't say it yet until all these investigations and protocol, protocols are cleared through MLB. So we are still in a bit of a holding pattern, but I do expect to, to hear more about this relatively soon. I tend to think since there's only 20 games left, I think Major League Baseball will probably say, let's hold off and finish our investigation after the, after this season is over, at least, you know, and the Braves might kind of be in favor of that happening as well. So they're not trying to deal with those kinds of optics as well as trying to get their fans and everybody geared up for this, you know, exciting playoff race and, and potentially, you know, playoff series that they'll be hosting. So um, it's, it's, that that's the developments that have happened in the situation. It's still not a good one for the Braves, um, but at least, you know, it seems like things are heading into a direction where we can kind of, start to see a resolution um at the at the end of the tunnel yeah i mean to kind of piggyback off what you're saying right there at the end major league baseball definitely wants to push this out into the off season uh they're doing the same thing with trevor bauer's case yeah uh, because there's just so much more left to find out legally that i think they want to wait till all of the legal aspects of this have been fleshed out before they make a decision um you know on on their part also be, like we said 20 games left or maybe you know 19 and three quarters uh based on the Padres game that's gonna have to get made up this week but uh, <laughs> oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah the game that's like left in what the fourth inning I think yeah they're gonna like pick that. back fourth up or fifth yeah. yeah uh but yeah, so Major League Baseball, I mean, I, they want to be focused on the playoffs, you know, this mm-hmm. new exciting time um, for Major That's League Baseball. That's a product for baseball. Exactly, you know? yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, of course they don't want to be dealing with this. Uh, the thing that is tough about this is that I feel like every time I go to talk about Marcelo Zuna, because I had a friend ask me about uh, this whole thing when this latest development came out, is I have to talk as this is not my personal opinion. You know, this is not my decision to be made. It mm-hmm. is just what I believe is likely to happen. Um, you know, I mean, I I think it is a, a despicable act. And however, the legal system wants to grade, you know, how how horrific it was. Um, I just got to take what their results are and and work with it. Uh, and if they are able to get these charges dropped. It is what it is that Marcelo Zuna is a good enough player that some team is going to be like, well, our fan base hasn't really been paying attention to this too much, and they'll be just fine mm-hmm. with this guy showing up. And, uh, and you you were talking about finding a team who can kind of eat this contract. No, the Braves are going to eat this contract. This is, uh, I mean, this is a similar issue to Hector Oliveira. Uh, yep. Now, Hector Oliveira was bad enough. Uh, and his production on the field was poor enough that he never really made a comeback back into Major League Baseball. Uh, but the Braves were able to trade him away. <laughs> they traded him to the Padres. You know, mm-hmm. they were kind of able to make this thing 
go away and make it someone else's problem. And I likely expect we will see the same thing where, no, there's been too much damage done in the Braves community in the city of Atlanta. He's never going to wear a Braves uniform again. And if he does, I would, I mean, shocked is an understatement. Can you you imagine the Braves not re-signing Freddie Freeman and then like, and like trotting Marcelo's <laughs> back out there to break, like that would just, it would, you, the, the, the world would implode. Joe, do you want my blood pressure to go up? <laughs> like I'm literally scratching my knee right now at the thought. Um, it, no lie. Uh, because they can't. And if they, and if the thought, if they even thought yeah. about it yeah. would be a, such a uh, poor mistake. That I can't even, you know, I can't put the right words together to mm-hmm. describe uh, how angry this fan base would be. So he's done here, uh, but I think he probably, if this ends up going along like it is right now, some other team is going to take him on uh, and, and is going to get to do so on essentially like they they are going to get to um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? like It'd be like the, a free roll. I mean, I think the Braves will still be paying a large portion yeah. of, of well, Marcelo Zuna's contract regardless of where he ends up going yeah I'm thinking of like a buyout in major in the NBA where like some of these big superstars are going to other teams because their current team is buying them out mm-hmm. uh, and they're able to move on like that's essentially a team would get to get him on a super friendly team deal because of the circumstances uh, that have happened around him um mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but it is something that, yeah, I wanted to talk about just for the fact of um, there is something new and a decision is going to be made. um, And it likely might not be what, you know, you listening to this, you watching this want it to be. Um, It is unfortunate. (laughs) And I I do wonder how it will uh, impact Ozuna's performance wherever he ends up going. Because it did, I mean, I remember in 2020 talking to him after games, he would attribute a lot of his good form to the his fa- I remember him talking about his family like talking mm-hmm. like that was like one of the reasons he got in like much better shape that year in 2020 uh he said like they gave him a lot of motivation and stuff and um and you know he was not uh the same player whatsoever uh, here in 2021 that led up to that incident uh I mean he was struggling mightily um yeah. and it just broken two of his fingers like right before obviously because of that whole cast uh being involved in the situation. So anyway, yeah, I, and I suspect, by the way, I mentioned Alex Anthopoulos saying that he was wanting to talk about it, but couldn't. Uh, I think he's going to want to talk about it because I suspect that he's going to want to say that, like, this is um, not something we tolerate, et cetera, et cetera, and really put his foot down. But he just can't say that right now yet until the investigation is finished. So there is development, but I, yeah, I imagine I imagine you're correct that in three months when he finishes his diversion program ahead of time, we will then soon afterwards hear that the MLB investigation is concluded, and then we'll probably hear something from the Braves and a, possibly a transaction by the winter meetings or something. Yeah, and I mean, and one last thing on this. So he will be suspended. Like that's Yes, yeah, I, have, I, I, I expect have him to be suspended for sure. No doubt. have no idea how long. Um, there's plenty uh, of other examples of, of guys being suspended as much as a full season for this sort of thing. Uh, so that could really impact all of that even more once this, like we said, once this legally kind of gets dealt with. Um, getting back to the field, 
Joe, what are you more concerned with moving forward? And I will say not so much with this remaining 20 games, but I'm I'm in I'm all in on Braves making the playoffs at this point. I don't mm-hmm. know if I don't know if you are, I don't know if anybody else is, but I am just of the assumption I think this team is too talented right now to miss the playoffs whether it's by winning the division which I think they will do or making it in a wild card. Um I think they're going to make the playoffs. At this point of the season, are you more concerned with um, the bats going cold or pitching continuing on this current route of poor performance after poor performance? Like what what's mm. more concerning heading into the playoffs? It's a good question because I am kind of concerned about both. Um, on the bats front, I'm okay. Cons- we're gonna ride the fence. Uh, well, no, no. I'll, no, I'll, I'll come to I'm I'll kidding. come to a, I'll come to a firm conclusion here in the second. But I just <laughs> need to unpack both of the sides of this. Um, on the bats front, you know, you love what you're getting out of the guys that you got at the trade deadline, and that's not. I don't see that going away. I mean, those guys seem like they are legitimately in really good form. Jorge Soler and Adam Duvall specifically. The guy, the bats that I'm more worried about are the bats that we've seen all year um, that have been playing every single game. I mean, when you look at the games played of uh, you know, Atlanta's infielders, you've got. All but one game played from Austin Riley. All but one game played from Dansby Swanson. And granted, they're not necessarily starting all these games, but they're starting a whole hell of a lot of them. Um, all but one game played from Freddie Freeman, and all but three games played or four games played from Ozzy Albies. And of course, uh, you know, one of the reasons he missed a couple games was because he recently hit the ball right off his damn kneecap, which had me anguishing in pain. Um, yeah, just watching it on, just just watching it occur. Um, and so I'm worried about just like the the tear. Uh, the the grind of the season kind of wearing on those guys right as soon as we're at this point where it's kind of the most important point of the season, but this is when that would affect you the most right at the end. Um, so I, I'm worried about that. And I think we have started to see some signs from several of those guys that they have started to slow down just a little bit. You know, we saw Dansby Swanson get hot after the all-star break when they, again, they had a break. Um, but then he's kind of, you know, he, he got a day off here recently or most of the day off wasn't in the starting lineup. Same with Riley. Um, and I think that one of the reasons they got those breaks was because Brian Snicker saw the benefit that it seemed to give Ozzy Albies from hitting that ball off his knee, but he got a couple days to sit. And then he comes out and he hits a couple homers in his return. He, lo- he looks like a refreshed player. And so I think that, um, you know, that could be something that the Braves really look to do, especially once they clinch. I do think that, you know, the, the, they've had a couple seasons now where they've clinched a playoff spot ahead of time. In 2019, they sat some guys. They tried to get, you know, Freddie Freeman healthy with his – he was dealing with that elbow. Of course, it was still affecting him once that playoff series yeah. started. But they were trying – they tried to rest some guys, and then it looked like they were in a little bit of a funk to start that series against uh, St. Louis. 2020, they went into it a little bit more full throttle, just kind of steamrolling through the season, um, and they looked better in that playoffs, you got to say, um, and they almost got to the World Series last year. Uh, but I don't think they'll have any choice this year but to let these guys rest, assuming they clinch. And, you know, granted, that's what we all want to see is them hit that clinching mark, and then we'll deal with it afterwards. But um, So that's where I'm at with the bats. With, with the arms, I'm also worried because of what we talked about with the starting rotation. We've seen some of these guys fall off a little bit. I thought Tuki Toussaint was going to be, like, pretty um, – Locked in, not to be like great or anything, but just the way he was talking after his starts really made it sound to me like he had a better grasp of his mechanics and like how he needed to 
make adjustments in game to kind of keep himself on that kind of level ground where he could continuously throw strikes, but hasn't really been the case. And um, that is worrying to me. And we've also seen some issues with the bullpen. I mean, <laughs> I'll say, you know, Will Smith, again, obviously he's his his numbers in terms of like the save ratios that he's completing is still very good, but he's hard, he hardly ever has just like a one, two, three ninth inning. Like it barely ever happens. Um, so that's kind of like, irritating I'll say irritating more so than like an actual concern because he is still converting the saves but you know the other one's Rich Rodriguez the guy who came in and was um kind of lights out for the Braves after they acquired him at the deadline he's a veteran guy um and you had confidence in him for that but you know what really kind of uh, made my ears perk up was hearing Brian Snicker talk about him like pretty directly saying like he needs to throw some other pitches like he needs to get them off his fastball because that's basically always throwing it wasn't just like like there are times where Snit will um maybe be openly say like yeah he was poor but like he'll like j- he'll back it up by saying like he's not that worried about it or, or whatnot you know and kind of back his guy but in this case it was like yeah he needs to do something <laughs> to change the way this is going because it has not been good at all for him and he, honestly you know a lot of people were saying that his peripheral numbers his you know his his advanced numbers or advanced analytics whatever you want to say was kind of pointing to this reversion uh his FIP was not good before all this started and lo and behold here he goes um and i did notice like there would be lots of balls hit like to the warning track or deep outfield but they would just be getting caught and stuff and now it seems like they're definitely flying out of the ballpark he's giving up the home run so all that said back to your question which one am i most concerned with i think i'm most concerned with the pitching just because i feel like the bats you have enough in terms of depth and that's what Alex Anthopoulos wanted to do at the trade deadline was go out there and get a bunch of depth and I just feel like there's enough options for the Braves to turn to there where they can mitigate any kind of struggles that they have what about you yeah I I agree uh and I think I poised this question just because uh as as positive as you just were about previous seasons uh, or at least last year for the Braves offense. I mean, that's in my opinion, that's ultimately what killed their world world series chances was mm. the offense getting cold. Um, yep. you know, whether it was Duvall getting hurt, uh, but he was cold before that. Uh, you're actually or, right. And that Cincinnati series that they played to open the playoffs, they heart they remember they had that crazy game where there was zero, zero, like in, into extra innings and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're no, you're right. But so it was. It's one of those. Uh, I think you're, you're you're playing at this point. You're playing with house money when it comes to the offense, because you're you're right. No Ozuna, no Acuna. You know, uh, you don't have the necessary on paper offensive firepower that you have in the past. But you've been figuring it out ever since the trade deadline, uh, and so that is what's. It, you know, it is what it is. I think it's one of those. It's a situation where if the Braves don't advance in the playoffs or if they have an early exit whatever it may be and it is because the bats went cold i will live with that what i'm struggling with right now is seeing what is happening with the starting rotation where how are we how are we three weeks removed from on this very podcast saying that there's a six-man rotation and just being <laughs> I know, I know. so confident <laughs> in that because it was true at the time. I, yeah, And to, to go from that to, you know, we got um, three guys that you can 
which is enough for the playoffs, I guess. Three guys that I think I can count on enough hope. Hope it doesn't get any worse than what it's looking at, lo- looking like right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 like you said, like the bullpen is. I'm I'm not worried about Will Smith. I will, you know, people can can poo poo on him all they want. Uh, he's still getting saves, so that's not the issue. You bring up, uh, you know, Rich Rodriguez. Like that's definitely, um, you know, a, a sore spot because he was a guy that plenty of Braves fans were leaning on to be the closer. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that is some um, some foresight from Brian Snicker of like, hey, you know, trust my decisions because. Uh, I will I will say and, and I know I'm kind of bobbing and weaving through this thoughts in my head, but <laughs> uh, a guy who Brian Snicker decided to bring back up, who I would have not touched with a ten foot pole, uh, was <laughs> Jacob Webb. Jacob Webb, yeah. Uh, you know, Jacob Webb had been so unreliable previously, uh, but his his what last five appearances, uh, he's given up a hit. Uh, I mean, that's. That's impressive stuff. I know his last two start are not starts, but his last two appearances are the ones that are are um, will catch your eye more because he kind of came in at important times and he got the win in mm-hmm. both of those uh, appearances. Uh, what against the Nationals before that and, and the Marlins this last series, uh, but that it, it, it's just such a. Uh, it, it makes me think of if it ain't one thing, it's another, uh, and that's kind of how I feel with this Braves team of like. If, if this team makes another run and they finally piecemealed together enough depth and power to win games and win series and make a playoff run, and now you're going to tell me that pitching is an issue, I, I'm definitely more concerned about the pitching. Uh, and frustrated would be an understatement if this becomes a thing. Because like, like Tuki Toussaint starting tonight... I don't know why that is happening um, because he's gone last two appearances, three innings in both of them, uh, and and Shaky uh, is being kind to what he yeah. looked like. And so I think like you and I talked about this before we got on here to record of I'm honestly surprised I did not see a name from Gwinnett pop up that was pitching tonight. I think it is a pivotal game that another poor performance and – do we see him again? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, we are kind of at that point. Um, uh, a dire need, I, I guess you would say, about this. That uh, it's, it's just frustrating because, like, man, I thought this was figured out. Uh, <laughs> and now, of course, this has to be the crutch uh, of, of how the Braves are playing right now. I thought for sure we were going to see Kyle Wright make this start tonight, to be perfectly honest. I mean, he's actually had a really good season in AAA. I mean, I... and. Yeah. Trust me, I'm the first one that oh, will no, say gotcha. you got to be you got to be wary of uh, good numbers in AAA for Kyle Wright because every time he comes up to the majors, it's a different story. But I mean, he has a three four seven ERA down there. He's got 112 strikeouts, which ranks uh, fourth in the AAA East division. Um, you know, pitched 109 innings with that 112 strikeouts, so that's a pretty good rate, a 1.29 WHIP. So it's not like he's he's been pretty good. And I just thought just hearing the way that Snicker was talking about Tukey's last start and just that kind of frustrated tone that he had in his voice, I thought for sure uh, we were going to see somebody else. But maybe, you know, maybe it's just the, this um, – well, I don't know what it is, but I got another question to ask you about yeah. when you talk about the starting pitching. You said you had confidence in three guys, or maybe three. Who's the third? Because it's Freed and Morton, obviously, are the one-two. 
Do you have more confidence right now in Ian Anderson or Waskar Yanoa? Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson. Yeah. yeah. I would and, say and the same thing, but I'm, I, I think it's close, though, in my opinion. It, I think that those two guys really are kind of almost battling for who would be that third starter in the playoffs. I would agree. There is just something... Uh, it's it's so hard to describe. A, I think with Waskari Noah's injury being more significant and the build back to full strength is just something that I don't think he is ever going to be 100% this season. I know Ian Anderson has dealt with some injuries himself. Not denying that. However, there is just a... There is a confidence that Ian Anderson brings uh, and a... I think a dependability, like even when he's having a poor performance, I think he has more control over mm. his pitches mm-hmm. than what I have seen out of Waskar Noah. And that's, that's just the Waskar Noah that we've seen since he's come back. Right. I think, I, you know, we're, we're having a completely different discussion if he never punches a wall and breaks his hand, mm-hmm. but that is just the reality that we're at with him that, yeah, right now, uh, it, to me, you, you say it's close. And I would agree in, in some extent, but in my own mind, if I have to give, you know, a, a one through three, yeah, Ian Anderson's getting that third and I'm not really looking back around. Or if I'm Brian Snicker, I'm not questioning my decisions if that's how I went with it. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. They're just two very different pitchers. Like, yeah. if I were to if I were to gamble, if I had to gamble on one or the other going out and having like ten strikeouts and in six innings and throwing like six shutout innings, I might go Wasker. You know, I think Wasker. You know, has like a greater potential to in any given game to go out there and be absolutely dominant. But I'm with you. I feel like Ian Anderson's kind of more of a. You just feel safer. He's he just feels like a more of a warm blanket, I guess, than than Oscar Yanoa is. Uh, and I've you know I've been a little bit worried about the fact that you know Ian Anderson is is well past his um, career high in innings pitched at the major league level, especially obviously uh, having you know come through in the middle of the season in a shortened yeah. season last year. Um, but you know, it's not like Waskar Yanoa has pitched a ton of innings in his career either in any given season. So I think both of those guys are kind of at a stage in this, at the point in the season right now where they are kind of on a, a bit of a new, new territory for both of them. Um, they're, they're going to have to figure out how to kind of keep their velocity and, and just keep their stuff as good as it can be, um, this deep into it. You know what I'm hearing a lot of? <laughs> a lot of problems that could be solved with a shorter season. <laughs> Whoop! Just let me Jim Lee just throw that hammer in there while we're talking. But honestly, like it is one of those that you start get, you start getting to this point at the end of the season, and it, I think it is what makes uh, some of these teams who have the bigger payrolls who are able to go out and have such crazy depth that they reach the end of the season and they have guys who are able to take, uh, you know, every third week uh, and, and kind of take a back seat to the team and they can still go on runs and win uh, that it, it is what makes it so tough uh, for those either low payroll or mid-level payroll, which I would consider the Braves to be uh, to make it this far in the postseason without just some crazy Washington Nationals like run, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just to have a consistent push, strong push. uh, It's it's what makes it so tough. And, you know, Hey, maybe if we weren't playing 162, you know, things would be different, but it's the, 
It's the hand that the Braves have been dealt. Um, so before we get out of here, sure. I, I do just want to kind of look ahead a little bit, you know, at least over the next week or so to, yep. to just, I just want to ask you like, what, what do you expect from this team through three games against Colorado, three games against San Francisco? And then let's just talk, then there's four games against Arizona after that. The the ones against uh, San Francisco and Arizona are obviously on the road. What, what, how many of those games do you need to win, uh, or or do you expect this team to win out of those series? Okay, out of just Colorado, San Francisco, and Arizona, or do you want to extend it? Okay, we can extend it through the whole West Coast road trip, include San Diego as well, and then we'll kind of recap next week to see where we're at with our predictions. So before before they hit San Diego, I think um, three to four losses is what I would put on this team. Mm. Um, I say that because... We, we, we've talked, you know, the last two weeks, we've talked at nauseum almost about how good at home Colorado is, how bad mm-hmm. away Colorado mm-hmm. is. So that is a series that if you could take advantage now and sweep a team like the Rockies, mm-hmm. things are looking very good. You're hitting San Francisco at home. I mean... <laughs> To say San Francisco's good right now, you know, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a pretty, pretty, uh, uh, obvious, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty obvious. They did just, they just clinched. Uh, they became the first team to punch their ticket to the playoffs. It is September. I know. 14th. <laughs> I know. What? I know. Like crazy. It's, yeah. Um, so, so they're a series that I would not panic, but the if if the Braves got swept. I would. Uh, the only reason why I don't think they would get swept in that series uh, is because I think at least how it's lined up right now, uh, Charlie Morton would start that first game and Max right. Freed the second. And so right. because you're getting, say. yeah, because yep. you're getting the top of the rotation, get one of those, win yeah. one of those two games, and I think you're fine. Yeah, but uh, then to hit Arizona, um, they're not a very good team. However, they've been the the uh, trip up of the Phillies they've been killing the Phillies this year yeah it's crazy so you know so it's one of those like you can't just look down the road uh yeah. at other opponents uh and and then the the series that does honestly scare me uh is on the road mm-hmm. at the Padres because the Padres are fighting for their playoff lives uh you know and, and things have not gone well for them as of late uh and and, and I don't see them just laying down without a fight like they're they're too talented of a team so that's that series scares me to death and i wouldn't even right now begin to predict i would need to see how the braves have played over these three series um but out of the colorado san francisco arizona um honestly i I, three losses um and i think the braves will will be just fine uh you start stepping into uh you let colorado catch you um you know kind of stumbling here uh and 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 then the concern meter for me starts to raise right. what about you what about yeah you? no i think you're totally right about this colorado series um the importance of it just to kind of get yourself put yourself on the right foot going into this west coast road trip i think that's really important and so you know if you can i you gotta win two out of three right like that's you could yeah. sweep the series. Um, you're, you're, I mean, you're definitely good enough to do that. But I think just yeah. generally, especially the way we've been talking about this team starting pitching, I think if you just win two of the three, you're in pretty good position. You're feeling pretty good about that. And then if you can just win, again, you mentioned it, but just one of those two games against San Francisco where you have your two best pitchers going, um, win one of those, preferably the well, first one, and that way the rest of it's kind of icing on the cake. 
And there is something uh, built into the schedule that will be helpful for the Braves as far as getting rest. That Thursday game this week is an early game. It's a 12-20 start. Yep. Yep. And that is before they have to get on the road and head to San Francisco and not play until almost 10 o'clock Eastern time. So that at least is, it's not a full day. It's not a full day of rest. Um, you know, there's still games being played on those two days, but they're at least spread out far enough that it is not the typical um, head out to the West Coast after just playing a late game, get in at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, and then you're on to play uh, a seven o'clock game. Like there is going to be some time in between yeah. that that will benefit the Braves in, in a major way, I think. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm glad you pointed that out because that's totally right. Uh, and then I think, like, I don't know. I think that if you win two out of four, you're decently – you're not happy with it, but that's kind of suitable against Arizona. Three out of four is probably what you're shooting for in that series. Um, and yeah. I think all of this, if you can just do these things, you're putting yourself in pretty good position because you have a little bit of a cushion. You know, what's the what's the division lead right now? Four and a half? Four and, and a half, half games. The Phillies? So you've got a bit of a cushion. Um but obviously, it would be really nice to go into that Philly series because after the San Diego, then yeah. you play the Phillies. Yeah. And so it would be nice to go into that Philly series where <laughs> you wouldn't have a, the the division be able to potentially swing um, no matter what happens there. So have more have more than a three-game lead going into that series would be nice. Um, but, man, it's almost here. We only have a few more rotation turns left. Only You know, you can count the series on your hands. So, uh, man, it's we're getting right down to it. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in today to Batter Up. For my co-host, Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Have a great week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.